All right, Joe, we're back. And I am still just back from Vegas. Is uh, last week and this week I'm I'm knocking these out at the same time for ads. So still a little tired. We're gonna rock and roll. We've got Chris from Alive Water on today. I've been working with Alive Water for some time, thanks to my brother Luke Story, who is always searching for the best of everything, from the best gadgets and gizmos and technology to the best things that that really do make a huge difference, like what is the water that you're drinking and why. And uh, Chris was coming to town from Hawaii, somebody I wanted to meet a while ago. We had actually talked about for about an hour on the phone. And when he told me he was in town, I was like, dude, we got to get on the podcast because I don't know that I'm going to have another opportunity to get you on. I don't think I'm heading to Hawaii anytime soon. And um, Chris has an amazing story. I mean, he was put through the ringer by uh, the mainstream media back in the day in just discussing uh, the benefits of raw water, the benefits of spring water that's undenatured, you know, and and, and um, some pretty crazy stats. You know, we now know that just because something's labeled organic doesn't mean it wasn't sprayed with something. There's um, a pretty fat list of what you're allowed to spray on organic food to preserve it, meaning you're adding some form of preservative, organic or not, to keep it and give it a longer shelf life in the grocery store. That's not the same thing as growing your own food or, or going to a farmer's market and getting something that's sprayed with nothing. It's just not. And same thing with water. Most spring water we get has been filtered and undenatured, meaning it's taken out a lot of the electrolytes and you might add some back in for flavor, but it's not the same thing. It's not the same vortex water that was pushed through the earth. We talk about that process, like what builds a spring. And um, another awesome company that Chris has that he bought is findaspring.com. Findaspring.com has been around for a while. I think Joe Vitale was the guy that started it. But it basically grants you access to a database where you can find hot springs and cold springs all over the world. And uh, with that, you can go fill your own water, which is the best, right? Then then you have the ability to, to harness something straight from nature the way all of our ancestors did and give that to yourself and your family. And you will feel the difference. There's no two ways about it. If you do happen to live in Austin or LA, and I think uh, I think they're branching out to a few other people as well, a few other places. They're actually all through California. And I know I've got some Cali folks listening, uh, hopefully still, even through the last two years. <laughs> and uh, um, you can get the very best water possible, which is... Um, you know, very high on the ladder of, of Paul Check's top six when you go through Holistic Lifestyle Coach Level 1. Uh, they're doing that in October in Austin. So check out the Check Institute if you want to see what's coming on for upcoming events and make your way out to Austin. My wife will be participating in it with a number of our friends. So that changed my life, of course, back in 2012. But Chris is awesome. He's got a great story. We dive into all the benefits of drinking really good water, um, some unique probiotics and properties they found in raw water, and just a whole lot more. And um, love this dude. Love to be working with him. Really appreciate what he's doing with the live water and what he's doing with Find a Spring. And um, I love his information. So you guys are going to dig this one. Be sure to share it with friends. Be sure to leave us a five-star rating with one or two ways the show's helped you out in life. And definitely make sure you support our sponsors. These guys make this show actually possible um, by supporting me financially. And uh, when you buy direct from them, that supports me financially. That helps. So using these URLs as long as they are, it does make a big difference because they know who sent you. And I'll get credit for that. Uh, I want you to check out NutriSense.io slash Kyle. NutriSense was on the podcast twice now. We just had Kara back on for a second time. 
and we deep dove all things metabolic health. You know, I've had genetic testing done in the past where I was able to see I have a uh, high chance of getting type 2 diabetes, a high chance of being obese. And I was like, bullshit. And I thought about a lot of my other relatives, and I was like, oh, yeah, okay. I, I can see that. That'll never manifest, but I can see that. Uh, what's the cause of that? And really, that's an inability to process higher amounts of carbohydrates. That's what leads to weight gain. That's what leads to it's elevated blood sugar. Um, is is a chronic issue for most people, especially in America. And just looking at genetics isn't going to tell you the whole picture. It doesn't tell me which carbohydrates and which foods are problematic. What's going to send my blood sugar skyrocketing and what's going to look great for the next five hours? And the way you figure that out is by wearing something called a CGM, Continuous Glucose Monitor, that will actually give you real-time data via your phone. You just tap it to the back of your arm. And in that, it's taking 24-7 readings through the interstitial fluid just under your skin. It doesn't hurt going in. It stays on for two weeks. Then you just swap it out. And you will find out more about how food works with you and which food specifically works within you and which does not uh, with a CGM than anything else on the market. There is nothing else that will cue you in to exactly what's going on on the inside of your body than a CGM. And I absolutely love NutriSense as a company because they don't just give you the CGM, they partner you up with a registered dietitian. Yeah, let's see here. Each CGM lasts 14 days. Each subscription plan includes one month of free support from a registered dietitian. So you get a free month with an RD who will actually communicate to you through the app and let you know exactly what food is doing what inside your body. And they might say, hey, it looks like you had three sweet potatoes in here. Your blood sugar had a triple spike. Let's cut that to two or one and a half and see what happens. And through this fine tuning process over two weeks or two months or two years, you're going to learn a ton about what's happening to you when you eat certain foods. And by the end of that, you have the, the keys to the city when it comes to understanding what works for you and what doesn't. Check it all out at NutriSense.io slash Kyle and use code Kyle for $30 off of any subscription to a CGM program. Uh, a continuous glucose monitor is what CGM stands for. So that's NutriSense, N-U-T-R-I-S-E-N-S-E dot I-O slash K-Y-L-E. And Kyle at checkout, it's going to give you 30 bucks off any subscription. We are also brought to you by Organifi.com slash KKP. I had Organifi founder Drew Canoli on the podcast before. He is a wizard. He's a meditation expert, a biohacker. He's into all the things. He podcasts. Uh, and he, you know, he started this company back in the day because he was big on the juicing scene. Not, not in the gas tank, but juicing scene as far as juicing raw fruits and veggies and using that as a health practice. And he did a lot. He built a big following. He talked about things. But one of the biggest determinants to people making their own juice was convenience. And so what he wanted to do was create unique superfood blends from 100% organic USDA certified ingredients that he could have in a very convenient way to take that would taste delicious and would provide all of the things you're not getting in your diet. Each of them has a brilliant purpose. A lot of them are adaptogenic, meaning if you're a little too wired It'll help calm you down. If you're a little too tired, it'll help lift you up. But all of them taste great. All of them are phenomenal. My whole family loves them. I actually get requests um, for at least the last year from our daughter, who was one and is now two, to have the green juice or to have the red juice. And sometimes they want the purple. That's where we mix them both together. But um, Bear and Wolf absolutely love this stuff. I know your entire family will. And it's just one of the greatest ways to cover and make sure you're getting a balanced approach to bringing healthy food into your diet. 
and eating the rainbow, as Paul Chick talks about. We want to eat the rainbow. We want to get phytonutrients in different colors in our varieties of foods. And kids don't always like green food. Adults don't always like green food. And adults don't like orange food or red food or any of these other colors of food. But the fact that you can get this in an organic and beautiful and convenient state that mixes well in a shaker cup within 30 seconds. It tastes phenomenal, and it's going to help you. It's going to help you with workouts like the red juice. The red juice has cordyceps synesis in it, which is a mushroom that supports mitochondrial function. That means more energy, more stamina, and better recovery because you're going to be able to get ATP levels and glycogen restored much quicker with that mushroom in your body. All this stuff's in there. It tastes great. And uh, check it all out, Organifi.com slash KKP. Use code KKP at checkout. You're going to get 20% off everything in their entire store. One more time, Organifi.com slash KKP and use KKP at checkout for 20% off. We are also brought to you today by PaleoValley.com. PaleoValley creates the the best organic, 100% organic beef sticks and bars on the planet. These guys are, this is what I take everywhere. I brought these guys out to Vegas, not the team, but I brought out their products out to Vegas with me. It's always in my podcast bag. If I get hungry and I'm in a pinch, I don't want to run to a gas station and see what they have that's healthy. They don't. They don't have anything in there that's healthy. Uh, From their water to everything else you name, it's not going to be good stuff for me. So I take my gallon-sized Yeti full of my live water and I bring out all my goodies from Paleo Valley because I know if I want a keto snack, if I'm running low carb and I'm trying to lean out, that's the best thing I could put in my body. It's got a high dose of protein, a really good amount of healthy grass-finished fats, and uh, we'll dive into that in a second, but it's going to give me all the micronutrients I need as well. It's more bioavailable, and really healthy animals mean higher levels of nutrition and micronutrients that are going to go into my body and fuel me throughout the day. If I am eating carbohydrates and I want to have a little boost because I've got a glycolytic workout coming up, or I'm like, fuck it, I want carbs, then the, the uh, Paleo Valley Organic Food Bars are tremendous. The lemon flavor is my absolute favorite. At first, I was like, eh, I don't know about this. And then I looked at it, and I was like, yeah, I'll try it. And I tried it, and I absolutely love it. It is so good. It's addictive. It's something I want to have regularly, and I do. And the beef sticks are just like nothing else. They're 100% grass-fed and grass-finished. Many on the market claim grass-fed, but they're actually finished on grains. They use beef source from small domestic farms right here in the United States of America. They use real organic spices to flavor their beef sticks versus conventional spices sprayed with pesticides or natural flavors often made from GMO corn. They ferment their sticks, which creates naturally occurring probiotics, which are great for gut health. This is super important if you're eating anything that is dehydrated. Your body is going to take resources like water from your intestinal tract to hydrate the food so you can absorb it and carry that to where it needs to be carried. So drinking water with this will help, but also having probiotics is going to help because that's going to create a certain amount of ease in digestion so that you don't get gassy, you don't get bloated, and you don't have an upset stomach because you put too many dehydrated foods down. Um, That's an exceptional piece that, that really is one of the cornerstones that makes their products different. They taste amazing, and they're a great protein snack to grab on the go. It's got higher levels of omega-3 fatty acids, vitamins and minerals, glutathione, which is nature's master antioxidant, CLA, conjugated linoleic acid, which is uh, easily one of the most important fats in bodybuilding. It's the fat that burns fat. It's got bioavailable protein, and they're also keto-friendly and a great protein-rich snack to grab on the go. These guys refuse to cut corners. They prioritize health over profit. They use conscientious processing and manufacturing, and they source only the highest quality ingredients available. Check it out, paleovalley.com, and use the discount code KYLE for 15% off. That is 
P-A-L-E-O-V-A-L-L-E-Y.com and then discount code K-Y-L-E at checkout. Last but not least, we're brought to you by Lucy.co. That's L-U-C-Y dot C-O. And if you use the code KKP at checkout, you're going to get 20% off of everything in the dang store. This, this is an exclusive offer for Kyle Kingsbury podcast listeners, so you guys are getting a treat with this one. Nicotine gum is how I entered into the nicotine game. Well, I should, I should rewind the clock a little bit. Uh, I had heard Ben Greenfield and Rob Wolf, two guys that I've studied and learned from for over a decade, uh, discussing this on a podcast probably sooner than a decade ago, maybe five years ago. And um, they took a deep dive into the benefits of nicotine as a nootropic. You know, everybody's into nootropics. I helped work on Alpha Brain Black Label when I was at on it in product development, and that's a phenomenal product. All nootropics are trying to do is increase more acetylcholine in the brain. And nature has created something that fits in the exact same receptor site. That is nicotine. And as it turns out, there's really not much wrong with nicotine. There's a lot that's wrong with the 400 plus chemicals and additives they add to cigarettes and chewing tobacco. It's no bueno. And I don't like to take a step forward and take two steps back when it comes to my health. I don't like doing that in general. I don't like taking two steps forward and one step back. I want to just move forward. And if I take a little bump here or there and fall, I'm going to get back up and keep moving forward. And having the best form of nicotine is absolutely critical. Look, the government is banning vapes. The government is reducing the amount of nicotine in cigarettes. And there's never better, better time to try Lucy. They have great flavors, multiple strengths, and they're the only nicotine pouch with a capsule inside that keeps it fresh. Look, we're all adults here, and I know some of us choose to use nicotine to relax, focus, or just unwind after a long day. Lucy is a modern oral nicotine company that makes nicotine gum, lozenges, and pouches for adults who are looking for the best, most responsible way to consume their nicotine. It's a new year. Why not start it out by switching to a new nicotine product that you can feel good about? Uh, I've been using this stuff. I love using it in the gym, in airports. Uh, nobody knows. It's in my mouth. Uh, I have it during, on during podcasts. And the pouches are probably my favorite, but I've tried a lot of different things from this company and I absolutely love it. Most people like gum. You like gum? Chew the gum. It's going to switch your brain on. And one of my favorite ways to utilize this when I'm not in the gym or on podcasts is right before bed. You wouldn't think that. Why would I have a stimulant right before bed? Well, as I had mentioned in that conversation with Rob Wolf and um, Ben Greenfield, Rob was speaking with the Navy SEALs and a lot of the, I think the entire Navy. And that was a question the commanding officers had for him was, what's the best way to do it? And he said, you know, if you're going to compare caffeine to nicotine, uh, just the two of them, and you've got a 3 a.m. call to go out on a mission, you don't want something that's going to keep you up for five hours. The mission might last 45 minutes. It might last longer. But uh, nicotine is a way to, to mediate how long you're going to be in the zone. And it typically lasts about 45 to 60 minutes. So when I lay down at night, and it's my first time where I've had alone time. It's the first time where I'm allowed to read and, and really just dive into me. That's going to be a time where I want to maximize that. I want to remember everything that I'm reading and I want to harness that energy. So when I wake up and I go about the next day, I've now got new tools and new things that I can use from the books that I'm taking in. Nicotine is the best thing for that. It turns the brain on. And when I pull it out, it shuts right off and I'm able to fall asleep super easy. Check it out, lucy.co, that's L-U-C-Y dot C-O, and use promo code KKP at checkout for 20% off. And disclaimer, warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. There we go. All right, my dude Chris from Alive Water and findaspring.com. 
Chris, welcome to the show, brother. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. This is this is cool because we're. I always get like a, a certain set of uh, excitement. I was gonna say certain set of nerves, but I'm more excited than nervous just because of the 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 fast pace. Like once you see there's nothing random, it's like oh okay. Mm. Um, but I'm heading out tomorrow to Vegas. You hit me up over the weekend, seeing if um if I was gonna be around because you had popped into town from Hawaii to California here to Austin, and um. I was like, I don't, I don't have a ton of time to hang outside of work because I'm leaving for a week with my kids, but I want a podcast with you. And um, we had, this all started from Luke's story, turning me on to your company, Alive Water, getting to try that at a fit for service event. And I was completely blown away by it. And then obviously now I'm, I'm full on. It's all my family drinks. And, and then um, I think Chris introduced us via the phone. We got the chance to talk. And we talked a lot of what your history has been about. We talked about, you know, the, the birth of Alive Water. We talked about the, the championing of real, clean, organic water, you know, from, from the earth, the way it's supposed to be, versus what the, the narrative has been for such a long time. And it, it's, it's funny because, it, you know, there's, um, I mentioned this before on the podcast, but there's like an interesting rule of thumb that... Um, What's Foster Gamble, the director of Thrive documentary? Oh, yeah. One of his favorites is to ask someone if he's at a party, what, their, what are their thoughts on 9-11? Mm-hmm. And like, that's his grading poll right there to see, like, does this guy know what's happening in the world or do they, do they not know, right? right like, that's the, right. that's the question. And that's the first question I have with people. My version of that, without bringing up 9-11, is water. If you have to, to, to test what someone knows about food and what mm. someone knows about health, I ask them, what, are, what kind of water do they drink? What do you think of fluoride in the water? What do you th- you know, these kind of questions. And, th- and then that's, that's my ability to be like, oh, okay, well, maybe I can educate him, maybe I can't. But um, You know, it's interesting. I feel like more people know about 9-11 than they do about, like, raw water or, like, the differences of most spring waters, um, you know, that they have that uh that they're processed like i feel like most people don't actually know that no idea and obviously what what you're speaking to is the is the um some of the high level stuff that i want to dive into with you on this podcast that really speaks to the 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 vast differences there are within water Mm. but even just from like the (laughs) i mean i have a buddy who's a dentist and he's you know, just getting into plant medicines and he's a rad guy, but it's funny because he's like, you know, the, f- the fluoride thing's really been overblown and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, dude, you're just drinking the fucking Kool-Aid because you're a dentist. Right. Like, that, that, can't you see that? Can you mm. see how absurd that is? That's funny. Um, anyway, though, talk about your life growing up um, and what drove you on your health journey. And then we'll dive into the birth of a live water and, and uh, jumping into the mainstream media and all the good shit that, cool. that transpires. Yeah. Yeah. So I grew up uh, in the suburbs, about an hour north of Atlanta, Georgia. Um, I had a pretty like normal upbringing. Uh, I didn't really actually like get that much into like um, hunting or fishing. Like growing up in Georgia, like as most people would imagine, actually got into that later in life. Um, but I did uh, get a chance to do a lot of like deep sea fishing with my dad and grandpa. So spending time out on the water and then uh, 
like in high school, I started um, really getting into more to like camping and like just spending time in nature, rock climbing. And then uh, went to uh, community college and um, took an environmental um, environmental conservation class or more just like environmental sciences. And then I realized like, oh, wow, like there's actually um, a lot of environmental degradation going on that's just like destroying the planet and felt inspired to, to help in that way. So um, then I got into solar for a few years doing solar construction, just uh, working on the roof. The guys was really rewarding, like just uh, getting to come together with with a group of guys and like see a, a project uh, from beginning to finish and like see it completed uh, and know that you're you're helping um, put renewable energy that's going to be around for a long time um, and then started getting in more into uh, yoga and um, that kind of thing and then that led me into like learning about more like health and wellness uh started uh listening to david wolf and uh daniel Vitalis. Wolf, my dude yeah <laughs> yeah definitely like one of the original champions of our time of uh raw water raw spring water and the power of that and um yeah you know learning from them that that like 99.9% of spring water is processed. I was like, wow, I've probably never even had like di- like spring water, like real spring water just direct from the earth. Um, so then I um, actually used uh, the site that Daniel Vitalis had created originally, Find a Spring. And um, you can go on there and you see um, all the cold and hot springs that... Uh, users of the site actually have uh, added to it and um, took me a while to find a good one but uh, I did I was living in uh, Topanga Canyon outside of Los Angeles uh, at the time and we drove about three hours to to Big Bear me and my buddy uh, Warren Hellerud and um, I remember drinking it it was it was just such a beautiful experience to see how water was was like just coming directly out of the earth like how it was birthed in a way like coming out like that and then it didn't like hit me like immediately um but we drove we started driving and then like we actually got to a restaurant and like it was this this feeling came over me it was like almost like psychedelic, like I had taken mushrooms or something. And it was, it was just, it was so profound. Just this, this peacefulness just came over me. And that's when I really like, feel like the water spoke to me of just like the power of, of that fresh spring water that has the probiotics in it, has all the minerals and all of these other energetics that are somewhat difficult to even quantify. Yeah. It's, I'm, I think people are familiar on my podcast. Maybe, maybe not. He's gonna Luke's gonna hook me up with him. But Gerald Pollack, who wrote the Fourth Phase of Water, mm. I remember when Ben Greenfield first had him on the podcast. And there's been a you know many others that have talked about structuring water and in, in different ways of of, um, 
why that's important and how it interacts with the cells in the body, how it is a carrier of information and um, as well as nutrients. Um, but that's still, you know, it's, it's, even if you've heard of Gerald and his work, it's still not something that we directly connect and we still don't think of the processes like the, if we're looking at something in a, in a full loop in nature, we see the, the evaporation of water leads to condensation, the raindrops come down largely naked, even though they're taking some particulates and nasty shit from the air, mm-hmm. hits the ground, starts to seep in with enough, and as it starts passing through all the plants and all the different microorganisms along its way, making its way back to the water table, it's getting charged, it's gathering all the minerals, it's, it's, it's making itself a complete whole water again. Mm-hmm. And by the time it's ready to come through that birth canal and out of a spring, it is completely undenatured and ready to go, and it's the best source of water we can get. Talk a little bit about um, that process and, and talk a little bit about the, the issues with most water that we see right now. Yeah, so what you're saying is, ex- is exactly true. You know, it's the natural spring water is just what our bodies have adapted to drink over... of humans' existence, we didn't drink processed water. So that alone, you know, is just, um, is really, I think, something that's important to realize. Um, And then, yeah, I think um, what happens with, uh, with even like, like spring water, you know, like even as, which is definitely, I think, better than than a lot of the other stuff um you know like stuff like distilled or filtered I, th- I mean i think most people know nowadays like obviously tap water has like you said fluoride and like chlorine and all of these things that are just super detrimental um luckily more m- municipalities nowadays are starting to take out fluoride like in hawaii um they don't put fluoride in um but yeah, so, you know, people started, like, getting into, like, filtered water, and uh, the issue with that is um, water is always kind of, like, looking to find a homeostasis, so if you have a water that's, like, stripped of all those minerals, it's going to strip the minerals out of your body uh, instead of adding those minerals that we need. Um, like, a, a good spring water will have uh, magnesium, potassium, a little bit of calcium, not too much, uh, some sodium, uh, and then also uh, silica, which is like the, this rare beauty mineral. It's actually like um, these little rainbow crystals. You can see it form sometimes. Um, so what, what started happening about, I don't know, 50 to 100 years ago is um, spring water companies realized that um, for shelf stability, like they they needed to start processing it start processing water with uh ozone gas or uv light and essentially when they started doing that they could just leave the water in a hot warehouse or it could be exposed to direct light and then it wouldn't turn green so they could um store it longer and transport it easier and um yeah that's when um things got a little bit weird, which is, uh, yeah, something I I think most people don't realize. Um, But, yeah, you know, the fact that uh, you can get, like, 
natural probiotics and these microbes in um, fresh raw spring water is just such a such a beautiful gift, you know. Yeah, that's that was bananas to me. I remember on the conversation hearing that you guys had, had I think seen at least five new probiotic species yeah in the raw water yeah and it makes sense it's similar you know as you're describing what happened with water it's it's similar to most people who understand the milk game you know like oh mm. why is, i heard thought raw milk would kill me you know and you're like right. no no no. this is the way nature intended it you know mm-hmm. like and if we don't have it from a black and white holstein cow we actually get the right casing and then that causes less gi issues but it, just from a financial perspective, even if you take you know nefarious means out, like how do I extend the life of milk? How do I keep it in grocery stores longer? How can I mm-hmm. ship it properly without a great shipping container? And where, juice too. Yeah, exactly, right? Mm-hmm. So like we've seen this happen everywhere, and it makes sense because if your water is alive, and something, yeah, shit's going to grow in it if the sunlight hits it and you have the right environment to create growth. That's mm-hmm. how life emerges. Um, but, you know, similar to... Uh, you know, whether it's milk or water or food, the more alive it is, the closer to life that it is, and the further away from death, you know, the, the least amount of time it's spent dead, mm. the better. You know, if I have a fresh kill, uh, I mean, it, it, you know this from fishing too. Like you fish something, you pull it out, you eat it that night. It's a whole different ball game. It's mm-hmm. different than anything you get in a grocery store. Yeah. You know, and um, the more dead a food is, you know, if it's shelf stable in a box for six months or in the apocalypse pantry, that's that might have some macronutrients for you, but it's not a living thing anymore. You know, it's not it's not as supportive as something that's that's fresh and ready. Yeah. Well, talk about your journey um, when you started off with your company and really being a pioneer. It 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 seems a lot parallels between your story and, and certainly probably to a lesser degree than David Avocado Wolf. But David Avocado Wolf, I remember, was one of the first guys that really started speaking to the the laughable nature of the FDA and their purpose with, with regulating food, you know, like they're just clowns, you know, to be perfectly honest. Yeah. And, um, and many of these other, you know, unelected officials that were somehow the, you know, the police state of what we can and cannot put in our bodies. But talk Mm. a bit about, you know, as you were growing and really championing this style of eating and living and drinking, um, the, some of the trials and tribulations you ran up against in the mainstream. Yeah, definitely some of those for sure. Um, you know, the the bottled water industry in the United States is thirty billion dollars a year in revenue, uh, just in the United States. So it's a it's a big market and it's growing every year, which uh, you know it's it's kind of cool in a way. It's like that's great. People are starting to to look at their water and their food more and realize like, okay, maybe we shouldn't drink tap water. I mean, I think it's hilarious. Like a lot of the, most of these waters are just like processed tap water, (laughs) like in plastic, like sitting in, you know, plastic, um, which like even BPA free, um, they, a lot of people have come out and said, well, you know, what is the alternative? They just like pick the next next closest thing like maybe it is actually worse than bpa we don't really know um we do know that like a lot of the plastic plastics like if something's um sitting in them for a really long time like there's microplastics um they get into the liquids and uh you know they can be really bad for hormone disrupting so yeah so this industry it's a big industry and um 
the New York Times reached out to me and said they wanted to do uh, a story about um, what we were doing. And um, so I, I uh, gave them an interview. They had someone fly out to do a photo shoot. I was living on Maui at the time. I live on Kauai now. And, um, yeah, I didn't think too much of it. I was like, oh, cool, you know, it's a great opportunity to get exposure. And um, so the article came out, like, a few weeks later, and they printed a caption on a photo of, like, a, a river, like, kind of insinuating that we were just getting, collecting the water from, like, a river uh, instead of a covered spring head like we actually do. Um, and they also had, like, kind of a misleading caption that they ended up changing, like, two or three days later. And right after that article, like, it, it definitely felt very coordinated. Like, um, everyone from, like, men's journal, like, men's health to, like, the doctor's show to, like, Good Morning America, the Stephen Colbert report, um, like, all of these huge media networks were started running stories on us, uh, saying that our water, um, our water could kill people, and it was like sixty dollars a gallon, like just audacious stuff. Um, it really opened me up to, um, to just the the mainstream narrative. Sometimes how it's just uh, really like lamestream and just. <laughs> And just a lot of it, just uh, big corporate agendas. It's it's absolutely it's, it's dirty. That's the, the easiest way to put it. You know, it's it's um. Most people still the the one of the things that I track. You know, like going back to the the nine eleven question is like if if another question is do you do what what TV do you watch? You know, like the mm. second they mention, you know, like well, I still turn into such and such news channel. Uh huh. It doesn't matter which fucking news channel it is. It's like, yeah. damn, all right, you're not there yet. Right. Um, but I, I think of that as like the, there is, there is an agenda and it, and it may not be, you know, as, as far perverse as David Icke would say, it may not be as right. far perverse as, as some other people would say, but there, there certainly is a controlling elite that does have their best interest in mind. And, and all you really need to do is Foster Gamble says and thrive is follow the money. You know, like what, how is Google and Apple and Amazon all similar to one another outside of tech? They're all in bed with big pharma, every right, single one of them, right. right? So like, why would the narrative change online in protection of COVID-19 vaccines and misinformation, quote unquote. Um, well, if there's a financial interest and there's financial gain to be had from everybody going hook, line, and sinker and following each other off a cliff, then, then yeah, they're going to make sure that happens. I mean, if I, I've, I've brought up the, the point that if I, if I created a supplement and convinced all my friends in the world who were all elite-level people that had been installed at various governments all over the earth, World Economic Forum-esque, and then told the world, you have to take this supplement in order to survive, and I want you to make it mandatory, and mandates start coming in, and you lose your job, or you lose your bank account, or you lose X, Y, and Z unless you take the supplement, that supplement's going to crush. Yeah. It's going to do very well at yeah. $15 a, a shot, $15 a mm -hmm. bottle. It's going to do very, very well. And that's not a, it's not a big stretch if you can connect those pieces, you know, and that's all trackable. But I, I've seen that. I think it, it's... 
for me in seeing like who is aware of the things that I'm aware of when I look at um, other people's accounts and things like that on social media, in large part, people that are from health and wellness had no trouble seeing through the bullshit. Yeah. No trouble whatsoever because they've already seen the fuckery going on for decades when it comes mm. to our food and our drinking water and you name it. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Taking away freedoms. Like, what do you mean I can't drink raw milk? <laughs> like, this is my body, like my choice, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it's it was just so obvious with the the pandemic, scamdemic. Um I think, you know, I really hope i think a lot of people woke up from that like seeing like oh my god this agenda but it's also so shocking to see how many people just just totally like went for it and like even to this day still i see people you know walking outside outside no one around wearing masks wow like we've uh definitely definitely they've done a, a good job like big pharma and just like whatever these forces that be of, uh, of, of conditioning people to, to believe a certain thing. And, um, yeah, I think they definitely like people kind of, uh, perpetuate that by tuning into the, to that, those like, uh, fear mongering, like media sources, you know? Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. Where do you see, uh, the power of water moving? Where do you see that you know, whether, whether it's Pollock's work or someone else's, where do you see like the next level of water? Where do you see the next level of, of how we work with it? You know, I know you guys are doing a couple of things. You mentioned find a spring. Obviously you have a live water in certain towns that it can go to, but um, speak to that. What do you think the future is in terms of how we navigate? You know, the, there, there's two paths I see going forward, you know, the full on centralized top down one world government, <laughs> new world order, or everything's decentralized. Yeah. We have access. Everything is locally produced. Everything is self-sustaining on small levels and interconnected into all things. Yeah, man, we're, we're moving there. We're moving towards the decentralization. I definitely have hope for that. You know, I know when we spoke on the phone, uh, you're kind of a crypto nerd like me. And uh, it's so cool when you really dig into it and like understand like, oh, cool, we have Bitcoin, we have Ethereum, like we have these decentralized um, ways to, to transact with each other with money in a sovereign way where it's unstoppable. Like I can send you bank Bitcoin just from directly from me to you. I don't need an intermediary bank. Uh, no one can shut it down. And there's, there's real scarcity there, right? Like 21 million Bitcoin. We know that's all there will ever be. And it's, it's cheaper, it's faster. And what's so cool about decentralized money is I, I think people are going to wake up to the power and the beauty of decentralization and that sovereignty. And it's going to translate into everything. Um, decentralized voting and, and decentralized, um, even like businesses. Like I think in the future it's going to be like, Oh, is this like, do I want to support this company that's like owned like, you know, like 90% by this one billionaire or do I want to support this other company that actually like the employees and like the customers own it. Um, so yeah, I have a lot of optimism with that and 
you know, I know you guys uh, just started doing your, your uh, working on your land that you've purchased. And, you know, I think once people see how fun that can be and how rewarding and um, just how, how much better it is too. I mean, just if something's fresh, like fresh, like a, you said a fresh kill or a fresh, even a fresh head of lettuce, you know, you can't, you can't buy that. Um, and even if you, you could, it's like, you still, you still don't know like for sure what the quality of that is, what the inputs were, who, who touched it. And there is just such a beautiful thing too, with that, like hunting, fishing, growing your own food, the the sovereignty piece, it just feels so good once you have that. And I think people are going to start to see us thriving and, and really, um, excelling in that way and it's gonna uh spread more um so yeah with water i've been been really blessed um to have a great team and and great customers we have about 2500 customers right now um in uh california we cover most of california um, and then just started here in Austin a few months ago. And, uh, next month we're going to, uh, actually in, in the next week or two, we're going to, uh, Florida. Oh, cool. Yeah. Miami, Fort Lauderdale, West Palm beach. So super excited about That's that. That's awesome. And you guys, you source around big bear for most of California. Is that right? And then you source somewhere east of us for Texas and Florida. Yeah. So it started out, uh, with at big bear. Uh, for California, I was just going, um, driving up there and, and just collecting by hand in a big wooden trailer. Um, but as things grew, we needed like a more solid operation. Something was more like established and um, has all the equipment and the storage space and everything. So um, I actually searched for quite a while and um, found a spring um, that I think is the best one for on the West Coast. It's called Opal Springs, mm. and that's in uh, Central Oregon. And um, what I think is really unique about that spring and also the spring um, that we're using for uh, Texas and then going to be using for Florida as well, that spring is uh, Blue Spring in Alabama. And I think those springs are actually primary water sources. Um, are, are you familiar with that no, concept break, at all? No, break that down, please. Yeah, so it's actually been scientifically proven a lot more um, in the recent years that the water actually has, or sorry, the earth has this capability to form a chemical reaction inside the earth to create water. Um, you know, it's hydrogen on oxygen. So um, what happens is uh, there's actually a lot of people say there's like more water in the Earth's crust than there is maybe even on the oceans. Damn. Yeah, so it's this really interesting concept of um, primary water. It's being created and then coming to the surface. So um, there's no radioactive fallout. That's one of the ways I think you can really tell because, you know, from all the nuclear testing and all the bombs and everything, like there's radioactive isotopes. We're actually breathing it in right now. It's in most surface water. I mean, it's in all surface water. It's in the oceans. And um, 
you know, it's not necessarily like the worst thing on the planet, but um, it's definitely something you can kind of gauge like the purity. And a lot of people will say like, oh, this water like was on the surface like 10,000 years ago. I'm like, hmm. It's almost like a way to carbon maybe. date something. Yeah, but I think, I I don't think that's necessarily true. I think they they maybe just don't understand the concept of primary water. And it might be true in some things like glaciers, right? Um, but yeah, what's really cool about that is, um, it has no industrial age contamination. So it's super pure, uh, no pesticides, uh, no fertilizer, any of that stuff. And then the other really cool thing when you think about it is like, wow, this is actually like a way the earth can kind of self cleanse itself. Um, which gives me a lot of hope. So yeah, I love that. I love the concept of that. Just from the fact that you know, obviously, it doesn't matter where you're at. Um, in the last two years, there's been quite widespread drought. You know, and yeah. uh, growing up in California, it was like that's to me that's a real drought. You know, like not getting much rain for twenty years until El Nino comes around, then it's like pours for two mm-hmm. years. Um, that was that was a real drought. Me in here in Texas, they they claim to be in a drought past couple of years, and yet we're still getting thirty plus inches of rain each year. So it's like that's not that's less than we normally get, but it ain't a drought, you know. Like yeah. I don't know, if I, I'm not sure what what where, where uh, that that word, you know. I'm sure, like natural in health food stores and shit like that. It's just bastardized. <laughs> but but um, yeah, yeah. I, I think about that, you know, as as if desertification keeps moving in the direction that it is mm. and we don't get you know maybe joel salatin was was off in, in stating that we'd need one in ten people to become farmers regenerative farmers mm. um to reverse that uh, within the next 80 years yeah maybe i definitely not- think the industrial typical like industrial farming is definitely causing more desertification i think most people are starting to wake up to that yeah yeah for some we're, people we're going out to um me and a bunch of the um, members of the farm are going out to a allen savory institute in virginia uh for a week in the beginning of august mm. so we're going to be picking brains and learning full-scale regenerative agriculture so cool man fly that to our farm i can't wait and i, I was just had a a great podcast with taylor from force of nature and he's mm. partners with the guys at Rome Ranch. Um, they do the regenerative agriculture with with uh, the best bison I've ever had. So cool. And um, they said that, that early on in the forming of Force of Nature, they did a Savory Institute training, and it said to- completely changed the trajectory of what they were going to do. Wow. So I'm like, fuck yeah, man. That's like the best nod from a homie who's done extremely well in the regenerative space. That's so exciting. You know, in the past three years, they've done amazing stuff. Um, they recently had an event that I missed because I was working on my own farm, but, but, uh, Zach Bush was a speaker there. They had soil experts. They had, um, the documentary filmmaker who made kiss the ground was there. They had a ton oh, of cool, cool fucking people at that event. So it's nice to see that the numbers are growing, that the awareness is expanding. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And even, you know, I think even if people have just a small backyard, you know, they can at least start making their own compost, you know, start learning to do that. Like we really can all participate and it's, yeah, that's, that's something I've been telling people too. We, our house in Austin, you know, down the street from here is, is in between on it and the airport in Southeast. And it's, we have a 10th of an acre. It's the smallest fucking backyard on earth, but we put in bunch bamboo, which only spreads three, six, three feet in each direction. So we got those guys as like a back wall that's 30 feet tall. 
Nice. And it makes it like a jungle. We've got a banana tree that we planted last year, ice cream bananas. They do 10 to 12-inch bananas. Oh, yeah, I know those ones. And they replant themselves, right? So, like, next mm. to them, there's, like, eight pups growing up alongside mom. And That's so cool. Technically, it's all one plant. I get that. But it looks like, you know, she had eight children with her. And she's fruiting this year, a year early. Wow. With fucking massive bananas growing on it. That's you know? so, it's so like a, cool. It's like a jungle. And we've got a couple apple trees, a plum tree. And, you know, we're not doing a lot of um, annuals outside of flowers and stuff for the pollinators. But, like, our front yard is, is for birds and the pollinators. And our backyard is for the birds and for, for all of the food that we're going to have in our shade. And our, in our, it's a little sanctuary. Nice. You know, it's like doing a Zen garden. And I think that's yeah, such it a, feels good. It's an easy entry point for people to build that connection to nature, to see growth happen, to mm. see, like, when, when can I tend to, and take care of something that's living alongside me right that's a one way we mm. shift you know in the i we all model of consciousness that that uh paul check talks about you can move out of the i into the we when you enter a relationship with something then i love what you're saying that yeah that's the perfect segue to find a spring so um yeah find a spring as i mentioned uh it's a great database um that i actually used to start my water delivery company and uh a few years ago um, we acquired it from Daniel and turned it into a uh, nonprofit environmental conservation foundation. So, you know, that's a way everyone can contribute to um, adding test results for the community, for their local community. If there's a spring that's near them, you know, a lot of, I always tell people like, if you live in a place where there's great spring water, like that's the, the first best option, go and collect it yourself. Um, a lot of places like Texas, Florida, like LA, like there's just not really, uh, great, great springs in close proximity. Um, or they turn the big spring into a pool. Yeah. Yeah. That happens. <clears throat> Which, uh, Hey man, I'm grateful for that. T- yeah. Days like today, hundred plus degrees. Uh, no doubt. No doubt. I certainly love it there. There's no doubt. Was it, was that, uh, originally like, uh, a spring you could collect from? I, you know, I'm not sure. I'm, I'm transplanted here early for most Californians five or six years ago. But mm-hmm. um, I imagine that way back in the day that was the case because Austin only came up fairly recently. One of my, my uh, buddies and mentors who, who just passed away, uh, Dr. Will Tegel, uh, also been on this podcast, he, he spoke about climbing. He grew up in the northern panhandle out of Texas and then he played in the state championship basketball game in Austin, but it was like in the 60s, I think. It took him until 1966 to get air conditioning. So, wow. like, fathom that. There, oh my there God, were tons dude. of people living here. That's wild. And all the way until 1966, you did wow. not have air conditioning. Think of how brutal the summers would be. Like, fucking absolutely tormenting. You know, like you're yeah. almost, it's almost like, I might take shit for using this comparison, but it is almost like Aboriginal living. Where like you, yeah. you're fucking you. You can't sleep at night. You better sleep during the day when it's cool because at mm. nighttime it's too fuck. Or at, at at nighttime that's the only time you can actually do shit. Daytime right. is too hot, too hot to do anything. Right. You know, like that's 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 how it was here until, all the way until 1966. Think about. But he said he said all of downtown Austin uh, Congress all the way up to the congressional building was a dirt road. Wow, a single dirt road. Right, that was all of downtown. There was no Sixth Street or these other things. It was just a strip of dirt and um 
and the college, you know, you, uh, UT Austin and some other, other little things around here, you know, buildings, whatever, maybe Cavender's Boot City was around, but, you know, I imagine at a certain point, everyone used that spring for their own water. And then recently, you know, it's just Austin's had a growth rate akin to the Bay Area in many ways, you know, yeah. which is great for homeowners, but it's, it's also, you know, it's changing the dynamics quite a bit here uh, to the state as a whole. So Yeah, and, you know, what you said is so true. Back in the day, it's like you would have to find a spring or like all the cities were mostly created around springs because where else are you going to get your water from, right? Um, but, yeah, what's cool, you know, with, with find a spring is everyone can contribute to um, just even if you're – um, even if you're traveling, you know, you can, you can find a spring on there and, um, it's, it's cool. It's like a, a fun way to like connect with the land, like the local land, just fill up, check it out. Um, you know, you can clean up trash. Um, and then, yeah, we have some exciting ambitions to just protect springs, um, cold springs and hot springs. Like, um, you know, the, that feeling you get after you go to a good hot spring, like they really are these, these sacred, like healing, um, places. So yeah, we're excited to, to work on protecting those. And, um, pretty soon we're going to start doing like some, um, school field trips for inner city kids. Um, because you know, that's what it takes to, to really protect the environment. I've come to find out like the beautiful thing about hunters, right? It's like most people don't realize that like we're the ones that actually provide them the most dollars for conservation because we care about that resource so much and we understand like oh yeah we need to protect these these natural uh mountains and and hills and valleys and whatever it may be because it has these resources that feed our family um and i think that's um i'm excited to see that with springs as well because there are so many springs, beautiful springs that have just um, been neglected. And um, yeah, people don't really, like, really realize the value there. So I'm excited to, to see that um, continue to, to increase people really utilizing these um, invaluable resources. Working with the springs, what have you seen in terms of um, the big water companies coming in and trying to take over, you know, with, with, I've heard a lot about water rights being taken away from people mm -hmm. uh, in different places and, in, in, you know, suburbs and places growing yeah. up. Um, obviously, you know, the bigger the city you're in, they have every excuse in the book on why you can't collect your own rainwater or dig a well or do any of these things, you know, right. um, which is, you know, fishy at the very least to me, but sure. um, what have you come up against in, finding these springs and protecting them in terms of uh, from corporate interests coming in and trying to take over and buy out a bunch of people that don't really know what they have on their hands. Yeah. So it is really interesting when you look at what's, what's happening when these huge um, bottled water uh, companies come in um, and just pump as, as fast and as much as they can, you know, that's, that's one thing that we really focus on with my company, Alive Waters, is um, taking like less than 1% total output um, because there is a hydrological cycle and there is like a downstream um, that's important to protect. And also too, you know, utilizing a spring, like there's something really beautiful about that. It's like the earth is kind of just like in this constant offering 
it's just it's just gushing out it's not like we're like um pumping it out like as fast as we want however we think is like enough and what's really wild is um i've i've seen on some uh documentaries before i forget which ones but there's there's quite a few um and what happens a lot of times is when they're pumping the um the water so quickly is like springs and streams in the local areas will, will actually start to dry up so i mean it's just so important that we like reclaim our um our water in this way and really think about where is our water coming from and really honoring it too in that way um so yeah there's definitely um a big probably the biggest water company is called primo water and they're just starting to buy up everything um they they bought mountain valley a few years ago which i know a lot of people are um familiar with uh spring water and glass the green bottle yeah y'all have seen it <laughs> yeah which um yeah it's it's decent um you know i think it's got very high calcium um and i've heard uh recently like the customer support is just like pretty much non-existent um which is important you know you want to you want to have uh be able to 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 get water when you need it and like have like friendly customer support and like another thing that we really put an emphasis on so yeah man i think um I think it's there's definitely kind of a battle, you know. There there are these these people that um, that wanna um, wanna own all the water uh, in a way, and um, yeah, I think uh, I think more people are probably gonna start doing what we're doing and and uh, just getting like real spring fresh spring water and reusable glass and like I would love to see it, you know. Yeah, absolutely, brother. Is there anything else that you're tracking? What do you got coming up? You got any hunts or anything fun? Um, you know, spearfishing is like kind of my thing. Um, I just uh, got a, a catamaran sailboat, um, so I'm super excited about that. Just gonna spend be spending lots of time on the boat, um, deepening my practice with that. Um, do you free, you free dive when you do it? Yeah, so all free diving. Um, I actually got my scuba certification, uh, when I was pretty young and, uh, I moved out to Hawaii and I like, I bought like all the scuba gear <laughs> and then I learned to free dive and I never used it once. Cause like when you free dive, it's just so much more, um, it's more liberating cause you don't need to like, you can, you know, dive for two, three hours straight if you want, no tank, um, the other thing that's cool is you can go down as fast as you want and come up as fast as you want, which is different uh, than scuba. You don't have to worry about like all this equipment failing or like having to go get it filled. Um, and it's just, it's a really like interesting, it's kind of like breath work mixed with um, meditation mixed with like mindfulness. Like when you're down there, you know, like at like 50 feet, a hundred feet, um, it's like there's a practice of like calming your yourself down like it's okay you know you don't need to breathe like just relax 
Um, so it's, it's such a beautiful practice that I always just find so activating. <laughs> it seems like fucking torture. Like when I think about being, if I was down that deep, man, I've, I've gone, I've gone scuba to 50 feet, but like thinking of, um, you know, being at a depth like that and the mind fuck of it. Cause I remember doing some underwater training, which is mostly CO2 retention, similar things, but with, uh, Gabby and Gabby Reese and Laird Hamilton, you know, oh, yeah. in, in their backyard and in the, in the pool. And you're, you're doing farmer's walks and shit like that. And it's not super heavy, but it's heavy enough, you know, to keep you down there. And you're, you're going That's back. That's just holding a rock holding, or, or You're holding, holding dumbbells or whatever, oh, okay. just walking them down. And there's cool. a, a ton of different exercises they have. They have a fucking awesome program that they're running there with really cool people. Um, but, like, there is a point of, like, panic, you know, where it's oh, just yeah. like if, if, I, sure. if I exert more effort, I burn through it quicker. Mm-hmm. If I panic, I burn through it quicker. If I, if I, I have to find the zero state. Or else I fail, and I got just got to drop the weight and swim, you know, swim back up and yeah. gas for air. You know yeah, what I'm saying? To like training your mind and body. It's all of it at once. But yeah, that's a, that's a unique pressure cooker that you put yourself in. You know, yeah. And imagine that's pretty good at dialing you in with the day to day. You know, the extension beyond, you know, when you're outside of the ocean, I'm sure is is a big transfer. Yeah, it helps, man. And you know, the other thing is too. I, I don't want to like um, make it like seem like it's. Uh, to spearfish you have to go down to like 50 to 100 feet like you know most corals are like 10 20 feet so it's a great way to start you know that's and i still enjoy doing that every once in a while just like hanging out in the coral like seeing eels and manta rays and like all that stuff um yeah i've done a lot of a lot of great fishing even like 10 20 feet that's awesome brother yeah that's cool yeah we uh we did a hunt in Molokai with Mark Healy, who's big in the Oh, man, I haven't been to Molokai yet. He's a dope dude. On the final day... It was Axis deer? Yeah, on the final day, I was the only guy who hadn't got an Axis. So Uh, everyone was going to go with Mark to do spear fishing and i was like mark i'm sorry he was a guide for me most of the trip and i was like i gotta stay and try to get an axis still didn't get one but um it's funny because it was like if i get an axis it'll be worth it if i don't get an axis i'm gonna regret not going spear fishing with mark healy because he's such you know it's like like fucking steph curry wants to teach me how to shoot a basketball like yeah i should probably do that Nah, i'm gonna go i'm gonna go try for this Try for this animal I haven't been able to be you're, lucky with. You're welcome in Hawaii anytime. Come cool, out with me. Yeah, hell yeah. Have you gotten an axis deer yet? No. Um, I've, I've been thinking about planning a trip. But that was all bow, and I had a lot more time on my hands to practice. Um, I mean, you know, with, with anything, the, the expertise that's required to have a clean kill is is yeah. paramount right mm-hmm. and i learned that the hard way the second boar i shot was uh uh through the ribs of a female at 40 yards who had her cubs wow. with her oh and she squealed like to the i mean i had to sprint full-on sprint pin her grash her throat and i was like that's wow, there's like a man. barbaric way to kill something yeah i never want to experience that again you know, right. like that sound will never those hogs me, are know? tough man yeah. i've only shot one pig in hawaii with a 30 out six through the through the ribs and i thought it was down and like it was down it was like rolled on its back and it was like squealing and like i was like it was nighttime and like i was trying to like get a a better headshot i was like moving around to get the headshot and like it was like rolling around for like 30 or 45 seconds and then or maybe not that long. It's hard to judge time when you're in those. It's kinds like being of in an earthquake, right? yeah. Yeah. Um, 
and it, it gets up and it just like charged down the hill and I never found it. Um, so I totally know what you mean. Yeah. I, I realized I'm like, all right, I'm taking headshots with rifle from now on. Yeah. Um, but yeah, something like, a um, when you're using bow and arrow, you definitely want to make sure you've got a very sharp, good broadhead and, and, and yeah, well, well practiced. Placement. Yeah. Well practiced with it at, at multiple, uh, multiple ranges. So I know where, where I'm within my capabilities. What so do you, what do you chance. find the, um, like for you, what is the the benefit of of um, archery hunting over rifle? Well, the thing I like, I mean, I like them both. I have, um, I've still been hunting rifle primarily since that that uh, Axis hunt a couple years ago. We have, I just got uh, out of state tags for Colorado elk hunt in January. Like, this will be my second elk hunt. Nice. And um, that first elk hunt. I didn't see an elk. I saw the ass of one elk on the sixth day, our last day, which was mm. Thanksgiving. I'm sure you was, still had so much fun. Hiking <laughs> it was around, gone. Oh right? yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it was, it was. But it's, it's kind of like you know the the free diving. It's all the things you know. Like there's a yeah. 20 mile hike. Right. We do in one day, and you just beat to shit. Haven't seen anything, mm-hmm. motherfucker. And then all right, fine, calm down. And then, you know, periods of just total bliss and meditation, mm-hmm. waiting, listening, and um, it was a great experience. And it also taught me the patience necessary to hunt. Mm. But um, yeah, this this next elk hunt will be really cool because I I got a 300 wind mag that's really good and tuned up and nice um, really accurate with that and we'll be going to a new place I've never hunted before and I've heard Colorado elk are phenomenal um, but yeah I'm thinking it'll be you know I want at least two solid months of consistent training with the bow before I head back out to Hawaii to answer your question I love the fact that when you're with the bow you have to get close. You know, like there's no, yeah, I can take it at 200. You know, right. it's like, no, no, no. <laughs> you have to get it. Oh, you better okay. get, I, mean, I got some buddies that are highly skilled. One guy shot four doe axis on that same hunt in Molokai at 80 yards. Wow. Four of them. And wow. he was so far away that he just picked them off one by one. They didn't run off. That's impressive. So that was, he's, you know, he's a legend. But I mean, for me, if I'm not at 40 yards, you know, anything 50 and up, I'm out. That that's, makes that's sense. It's far, more you know, of so. like a, a skill and a challenge. Yeah, the spot and stalk, the the quiet approach. You know, scaring them off and then refinding them. You know, like that yeah. kind of thing is is especially you know you get so excited when you see yeah, them. Yeah, your heart's in, just like, pumping. Oh, shit, we're at fifty. All right, I need another ten yards. And you get in there, you get like seven yards further, and you're like, all right, I'm cool. And then one doe spots you, and they start triangulating <laughs> with their call, and you're like, no, 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 and they fucking <laughs> peace out. You know? So I, I definitely, I, I love that approach with it. Mm. And um, and it is harder, you know. I think that's another thing that, that makes it cool is that it's it's not, um, there, you know, there's no guarantees in any style of hunting, but um, if I see something at 200 yards with 300 wind mag, it's like, it's fucking mine. There's no right. two ways about it, you know, where there's no guess, you know, whereas like if I'm at 40, I got a pretty good chance mm-hmm. with the bow, but it's not guaranteed, you know? Right. Yeah. You got to even be more, more present on yeah. like just really be in the moment, calm down. Yeah, well, brother. Yeah. Super cool. centered. That's awesome. Well, I'll certainly let you know if I'm heading out your direction. I hope you have a blast while you're in town in Austin with Luke and the go- and the boys. Yeah. And um, I, I love what you're doing, brother. I mean, the, the live water has that was one thing that was pretty universal, you know, it was just like, you're right, new water company, something like that we hadn't heard of, some close friends that know their shit, like Luke's story is, is talking a lot about it. And I was like, I'll give it a shot. And we had it at the event, though, 
at Fit for Service, we had 150 people that were all saying the same thing. And they're like, this fucking water is incredible. And we're mm. like, damn, yes, this, I thought that was only me thinking this. Like, everybody was hyped on it. Nice. And um, that's, that's a super cool thing to know that we have that at our events and that we have that at our home. Yeah, I appreciate the, the way y'all have uh, supported us with getting it out there like that. And yeah, I think you can really start to tell the difference when you, when you have really good water, just how you feel, how it tastes. And, uh, you know, the pretty glass also helps as well, you know, having a good aesthetic. Absolutely, brother. Well, where can people find you online? Where can people find uh, the companies that you work with? And um, where can people stay in contact with you? Cool. So, yeah, um, alivewaters.com is the water website. Uh, findaspring.com uh, is the nonprofit Um place you can find all the the publicly posted cold and hot springs uh you know we encourage people to put uh water tests on there for their community uh clean up trash when you go and um my uh personal instagram is gaia guardian on and uh yeah that's all the all the places fuck yeah brother thank you so much chris yeah my pleasure (laughs) 